Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Really, really appreciate you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I know I say this like probably every single time, but I'm so pumped and excited for you to be here to listen to this conversation. For this conversation, I sat down with Tim Walls, and I'm just blown away by the amount of value that Tim added for this particular episode. So please stay tuned and listen to the end. If you listen all the way to the end, uh, Tim actually uh, even shares a prophetic word for the listeners. And so I'm just just excited for the value that you're going to get out of this today. So anyway, Tim Walls is a speaker. He's a coach. He's a business consultant. He's also a husband and a father. And uh, there's lots of business consultants out there, but no one that I've ever met that does exactly what Tim does. His approach to helping leaders and organizations grow and develop healthy culture is just amazing, and it's really unique and creative. Tim and his team help business leaders partner with God to unlock kingdom strategies for their business, for growth, and for cultural transformation that really results in changing of lives. Tim is an expert, in my opinion, at helping people experience God's presence in daily life and making the supernatural aspect of the kingdom of God come alive and become practical and natural in the life of the believer. He works in the business realm, in the business context, but this conversation will bring value and benefit to your life no matter where you work, if you're in ministry, if you're in business, if whatever. Um, It's going to be awesome. So please stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and jump into this conversation with Tim Walls. All right, Tim Walls. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. That's awesome. Excited to be here. Good, man. Well, uh, before we jump into actual conversation here, um, just uh, how are you doing, man? And I don't know what what's uh, what's the weather like today in uh, (laughs) in in Redding, California. In Redding, California, man, I'll tell you, we were actually on vacation a couple of weeks ago down to Monterey Bay, which is uh, below San Francisco, and it was just beautiful, you know, 70 degrees. Redding, typically this time, it's 110, 108, 115. Really? Uh, yeah, so Whoa. July and August, it is hot, um, and normally it's, it's uh, in well, in the hundreds, 105, it's bearable. When you get up above 105, then it just gets really, really hot. It's, it's not humid, which is, is good, but... Uh, the last number of years, about three, four years, three years at least, maybe four, we've been getting a lot of fires out here. So it's it's yeah, not man. just the the heat, but it's also smoky. And so um, it's kind of the combination of a lot of smoke. We got one of the largest in California going on right now, about an hour and a half uh, southwest or southeast of us. Um, so really? it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like over 300 and uh, no, I'm sorry, 300 and uh, 30,000 acres that just has burned. And so it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's been, it's been a challenging couple of years with fires out here. So, yeah, but man. that's the weather. So it's kind of hot and smoky. Um, but we, um, you know, uh, we do the best we can with it. Praying for yeah, rain. Man. We need rain. Yeah. I remember, was it last year or the year before with the car fires where uh, it's about three is about three years ago. Oh, the was car really? fire came in through Reading, uh, a, a part of the West side of Reading. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man, that was so crazy to watch. I, it, it doesn't seem in my mind, it didn't seem like it was that long ago. Um, but that was so crazy to watch and to really just see even how the Bethel family and the community there came together to help like rebuild 
the community and work together to rebuild people's homes. What I heard, tell me if this is true, because you were there. What I had heard was that people in like the Bethel community actually went through like like training so that they could go and be a part of like the debris cleanup and like different yeah. things and and just really uh, just trying to to do whatever they could to support um, the community that had just been you know ravaged by those fires and so many people that had lost their homes and businesses and stuff like that. What was that like for you know just being there and and seeing? The, just the family there the you know the church family and um i imagine it i don't know i i imagine it maybe it wasn't even just bethel maybe it was other churches around as well but um you know how you guys sort of the family of god kind of banded together and uh just really tried to serve the community in the in the most practical way that they possibly could at that moment yeah and i'll, I'll go to the the last part as a community uh, in general it was just amazing to watch uh the community rise up to say we're banding together to help and support. Uh, it was definitely terrifying because it was such a huge fire that came over the mountains really quickly. Yeah. We didn't expect it. It grew very quickly. Uh, and really, is the hand of God that stopped it. In fact, a lot of firefighters, there's one section of the city where it said it was like a wall. and It was coming so fast. And then all of a sudden, it was like a wall and it just stopped. Um, and wow. then come back, it went back on itself. But wow. um, it was amazing just the, 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 the community saying, you know, it, our county is called Shasta and there's like Shasta strong. And so they're just banding together and helping. But as far as Bethel, they, um, they created an organization uh, an, a, years ago um, for re, re, uh, disaster relief. And so they'd go into all these cities and, and nations uh, where there's disasters to go and help bring the practical and uh, needs, meet the practical needs as well as the spiritual, because we can't just talk about it and just like, let me just pray yeah. for you. Because yeah. people need practical help, you know. It's not just the it's not just the um, the spiritual side. It's the practical of, of helping uh, those that are in need. And so they would uh, they're trained in the, we had nurses and doctors, and they had uh, people trained in rebuilding and 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 uh, cleaning up uh, debris and all these different things. And so we would send uh, the Bethel would send people um, uh, groups of people all over the world when there's natural disasters. Yeah, man. and then it hit our city, and wow. so it was like game on. We're here. Let's go. We need to do this here. But what we did is we shifted it. What Bethel did is they shifted it um, for um, training people how to work, go through the debris. And so there's mm. people from the community that joined Bethel's team, as well as Bethel's church. You know, people from Bethel Church, and they'd go through and search all the debris to find you know hidden uh, things that were lost and you know and but they would also minister to people emotionally and praying for people and walking through them giving them hope and mm -hmm. encouragement so it was the practical so it was really crazy uh time and season um in in our community and our church and navigating that all and there's i mean there's over a thousand homes burned down in our city and uh mm -hmm. it was it was beautiful to watch you know we were able as a church give over a thousand dollars to every single home that was burned down to every family that, that lost a home um, wow. But then and beyond and beyond. So it was but it was really uh, neat to because that's a, that's the heart of the leadership here in the, the church is like we we can't just talk. We can't just be spiritual and say, let's just go pray and get people saved. And I love what Chris Valton says. He goes, you know, I don't want to I don't want to Christianize a city because and just get them saved because yeah. then we're just getting um, them to say a prayer. But I want to kingdomize it, which means they they then experience the kingdom reality. Uh, a change of culture, a change of economy, change of mindsets. 
It's they experience mm. the, the fullness of who God is in this transformation. And so that's meeting them physically, spiritually, financially, um, and the practicals and the spiritual. And so it's a beautiful aspect. So it was definitely, um, uh, I mean, you're, you're dealing with people so much uh, hurt emotions of, of, of lost and devastation. We lost a, a number, a couple of people that died in the fire, but mm. also you just, I mean, you, you have your home and all the things that were just such good, incredible treasures that they're gone. I mean, just wow. gone. Uh, that we're, wow. I mean, we're on the opposite side of the city and we're constantly watching, like, do we need to move? Do we got to get out of here? Do we, do we, and, you know, we're, yeah. we got things packed sure. up in our vehicles. Like, do we need to leave the city? Um, and it, it was a, it, and then, post-traumatic uh aspects of things when there's fires my kids still are like dad is it near us is it near us um wow. do we need to go so yeah, it's man. it's it's definitely a, a crazy um process walking through stuff like that so yeah man and even just for context so like my my mom used to live uh so three years ago she was living in orange county california and then i don't know maybe a year and a half whenever it was i don't know she moved to um to Reno, Nevada, and now she doesn't live there anymore either, but that's not the point. Anyway, being in, being in, there, there were times where in the process of moving that there were fires that she was like a good, like eight or nine hours away from. And yet still that where she was, there were effects of, of the fires. Um, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and, and then there were times where, you know, there were fires closer to Southern California where they were, you know, pretty much right nearby you know within 30 40 minutes or so and uh yeah it's just it's hard for i mean i've seen some videos and stuff like that but it's hard to realize how intense you know that could that could possibly be but when you're like several hours away and still like you know there's yeah. stuff in the air where you are because of what's going on there you know i can only imagine what it must be like to actually be where it's in your backyard and you don't know at any moment the winds could turn and we could yep. have to, you know, run for our lives. And so, yeah. Um, and so, but that, that's actually what happened there. I mean, yeah. the, with our, the car fires, like it was, it, it was small fire, 6,000 acres. And then all of a sudden overnight it grew 20,000 and then it grew oh and it grew goodness. and it was on the other side of the mountain on the West side. And we're like, okay, um, uh, well, you know, hopefully they're going to contain it. And the next morning, six o'clock in the morning, they're pounding the sheriffs and every firefighters are pounding on doors of people in the city and say, you got to get out now. They're like, okay, we'll get my stuff. And they're like, no, look, it's right there. And they literally ran out the door, like uh, grabbed their keys, got in the car and fire was chasing them. It was that wow. quick of things that happen. And uh, even with these fires that are an hour away, we wake up in the morning with ashes all over our car mm. um, because the wind just brings that stuff in uh, type of thing. So it's definitely a... You know, hurricanes and, you know, other natural disasters, it's it's definitely and they devastate cities and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like, OK, let's rebuild with fires. It's like you got to run and it, it just destroys everything in its way. Yeah. And then it also like doesn't doesn't also pave the way for like potential mudslides and other things that can, yep. you know, that can happen afterward. Yeah. And stuff. so it's just a totally. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it, it's different. You can't prepare for it or plan for it as you would for certain other kinds of things. And the devastation is potentially, you know, just yeah. absolutely catastrophic. Um, but I did want to say, because, you know, so you're there, you're, you're a part of, of the Reading community there, Bethel church. Most people listening to this would probably be familiar with Bethel. Um, so Bethel is one of the ministries in this country that <laughs> is probably under under fire and under criticism 
as much as any other ministry, you know, if not the 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 ministry that comes under most attack. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, you can, you know, you could Google Bill Johnson and and uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff's going to come up that's just negative in nature yeah. because there's people that actually somehow people have this kind of time on their hands that they actually dedicate their lives to tearing other people down. Um, yeah. But the but the point is. Um, you know, and a lot of the criticism and a lot of the attack, it comes because of misunderstandings. Um, a lot of it comes because they're actually teaching the word um, and uh, getting back to the the original intent of scripture on a lot of things. Like a lot of a lot of criticism comes out when you have an emphasis on the supernatural and on the prophetic ministry and on things that were clearly evident in the life of the early church, uh, but that in so many ways we've gotten away from. But whatever it is, all the criticism, all the different things that that kind of circulate around that ministry. Um, it's just so beautiful to see a church that is just so interested in having a kingdom impact on their city and on their community. And like you yeah. said, not just in a in a spiritual way where we're just trying to get people saved or we're just trying to preach the gospel but we're actually trying to it, we're making it a lifestyle of demonstrating the gospel demonstrating the power of god demonstrating the love and compassion of jesus in practical ways in tangible ways where you know we're not just like retreating in and holding back until the bad stuff passes but no we're actually going to get trained and we're going to equip our people we're going to do what we can we're going to get into the trenches with people and we're going to we're going to rescue if we you know we're going to we're going to rebuild we're going to do these things to really just serve and that's what it really all comes down to you know uh, i i think there's a lot of people out there who would you know talk or preach a really big game but when it comes to actually being in the trenches with people and loving them in practical ways and serving them that you know the desire isn't so much there but i love the the leadership um, at bethel and just that culture of serving people in practical yeah. ways and demonstrating the love of christ that way you know yeah it's true and you're right you can google and find a lot of different things uh because you know the reality is people will will find what they want to find but also people uh you, you know when they they have a perspective that's um limited based upon their own hurts and issues they're looking for the ways to disprove what is happening because they don't have an understanding they don't have faith for it or they've been hurt in the past and uh, there's just a um, a blinding to those things, and it's not out of intention. Sometimes sure. it's, it's intentional, but other times it's just uh, they're 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 in this place of their eyes are kind of veiled in that process. But um, I've been we've been out here for uh, over 11 years, and mm. um, uh, I'm on the uh, on the board for Bethel here. Been a part of a number of different things at Bethel, and we, you know, it, every church has its its flaws, and there's a, sure. a lot of um, you know, behind the scenes, there's a lot of challenges uh, just navigating things, especially a movement. It's not just a local church. Like you said, it's impacting the world in that process. So navigating how do we impact the world, but also how do you um, minister to a local church? And it's challenging. There's a lot of uh, great things and there's a lot of uh, things that we're still working on. The, and the senior sure. leadership team continues to work on in that process. But you're right. It is a one of the things I love. One of the reasons why we moved out here, because. Um, I think for me, it was it was speaking the language that it was. Well, let me just rephrase it. A lot of people preach about the kingdom realities. 
preach, mm-hmm. preach about healing sick and raising the dead and talk, preach about the love of God and doing what Jesus said. And we're doing it in degree more than he ever did. You know, Jesus said, the greatest things will you do. Uh, but I'm, I didn't see it demonstrated. I didn't see it actually yeah. walked out. And it was listening and watching. It's like, oh, they don't just believe it. They walk it out. They're experiencing it. Yeah. And it was a validation of it. And again, they don't have everything right but they're it's it's that that place of like we're we're going to believe what the word says and we're going to walk yeah. that out and it's it's hard when people don't have a grid of understanding then they put it into a box and say this can't be god because they haven't experienced it or they don't understand it and so they put it off to the side and say i just i i, I that can't be god and so it's kind of like the pharisees and sadducees you know when jesus was raising uh, casting out demons they said you're doing this be uh, out of the spirit of beelzebub yeah. uh yeah you know this is only the way well, you can cast out demons is by demons but you know and so it's just like okay you didn't have a grid or you're blinded to it because of your religion religion spirit religiosity in, in that process and so they missed out each on what god was actually doing and so yeah, yeah it's man. it's a it's a beautiful thing um definitely learning and growing the process a lot of different things even this last season through the pandemic and all the prophetic stuff and political stuff and the injustice and just navigating and and i you know one of yeah, the things I, I love about the leadership here um is i mean chris valta said this not too long ago it's like you know uh uh, humility is the way forward. And he's modeled that in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. of like when things are wrong, he's like, we got to get this right. We're, we missed it. And in that process. And I think one of the other things too, you said, um, I love this illustration by Bill that I think just demonstrates a lot of what you just kind of uh, explained. And he goes, you know, there's a guy who uh, de- doesn't do a lot of construction carpentry, but he was, he really wanted help on this project that, at his house. And the guy's like, all right, here, here is, we need 80 boards cut to six feet. And he's like, uh-huh. all right, great. And he gets a board and he goes, measures out six feet, cuts it. And then he throws the tape measure away over to the side. He's like, okay, I'm going to take this board and put it on top of the next board, cuts uh-huh. it. And I'm going to take the ne- this board and put it on the next board. And by the time he's done, he's got like an eight foot, nine foot board because yeah. th- he's not using the accurate ruler. And that's what happens in our own lives is we start to get slightly adjusted because we're uh, we're now measuring based upon what we're experiencing or what people are saying because we've thrown out the the ruler of the scriptures. We now look at what has what is justifiable or what makes sense, what's logical or what we're experiencing, and we then set up theologies and beliefs based upon what we've experienced. Yeah, um, or people communicate, and so then we all of a sudden. We, we, we just slightly go to a slight adjustment, slight adjustment, slight adjustment. And then also we find ourselves way over here um, of uh, outside the, the parameters of truth. And now we uh, are, you know, even with, uh, you know, uh, current uh, belief structure before, if you said, if I didn't agree with you, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the name that I'm thinking about. But it was like if, if you didn't, if I didn't agree with your lifestyle. It was uh-huh. like, well, you at least you need to accept me, even if you don't agree with it, accept me, you know, right. and it's shifted now to uh, it's if you don't agree with me and believe the same thing, then you're you're racist and you're a, a, a pegist. You're, you're, or not pegist. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're you're just like you are you're evil. You're wrong. Like you are um, this this person who is defiant towards accepting people and loving people. And so it's not only do you except me for what I believe. Like, it's okay for me. Just, just let me believe what I want to be. It's now like, if I believe it, you need to believe it. If you don't, yes. you're, you're wrong. 
And so it's yeah. just adjusted, adjusted, adjusted. And a lot of people in the, even the church are like, hey, we're supposed to love people. And that makes sense. And it's just subtly gotten in, subtly gotten in. And so we just yeah, have to man. be aware. And that's why I love, uh, you know, Bethel is not it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other churches and organizations that are doing it. But one of the things as, as a, a church and a leadership team is like this, the Bible, the scriptures, the word of God is, is, is the standard. We do not want to go off of the standard. And um, even navigating a lot of challenges and so, yeah, man, it's a it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Oh, I love it. I love it. And and it's true. We are living in in such a such a polarizing time, where yeah, people are actually afraid to identify with another person who has different beliefs than they do. And uh, I think it's like I I don't know. I've referred to it as religious insecurity. It's when I'm not even willing to value or honor you as a person because you think or believe or act differently than me, or in a way that I you know that that I disagree with or that I think is not right. And so I don't want to accidentally be. I don't want I don't want that stigma to accidentally come on me by yeah. me having association with you. I think that's the same thing that they were dealing with, like in Jesus day, like Jesus dealt with it. Jesus was hanging out with people that were considered by the religious community to be, you know, inferior people. They were considered to be sinners. They were outsiders. They weren't as good as them. And so, well, you shouldn't be having fellowship with these kinds of people and, you know, kind of trying to create those lines of separation. Yep. But Jesus is like, no, I'm going to come to your house, Zacchaeus, and eat with you. <laughs> like, like I'm going to, I'm going to come and I'm going to fellowship with you. Yeah. And uh, just being willing, man, to to just authentically represent the Father to people that, you know, it's one thing. I think what a lot of people do is they they gravitate toward people that are like them or that they can get something out of. But I think that we really find a really beautiful way to represent the love of the Father and and represent the compassion that Jesus represented, when like we seek opportunities to just love on people and serve people that like we don't see any way that they could benefit us in return. You know what I mean? Like, th of course, there's benefit yep. of relationship, but I mean, in terms of I'm not loving you because I think you're going to help me advance or you're going to help me get ahead. Um, it's just because you just you deserve this, not not based on your merits, but just based on the fact that you're an image bearer of of God, that you belong to him, that you're created in his image, that he loves you. And so, you know, therefore, because I belong to him, I'm going to love you as well. And, you know, every single person deserves to be valued. I, I love the way that I've, you know, I've heard, I've heard Bill um, Johnson um, talk about this before too. Like, no matter who you're talking to, like, I imagine that you are as well. Like, I'm extremely against abortion. I, I hate abortion. I think it should be you know, whatever. But but if I'm talking to somebody who has had an abortion or is thinking about having an abortion, like I'm not talking, condemning that person or treating that person as less than because they have a different set of values than I do. Like there's a and one thing that I've heard Bill say is, you know, no matter who's on the other side of that disagreement, there's a cry there. There's a cry within that person that needs to be recognized and needs to be um what's the word that i'm looking for um well anyway validated validated is a good word yeah you know they they, yeah. they need to be feel known and loved um i love this scripture uh sorry for cutting you off but i, I love oh, you're this. good i mean i think the key element here is in ephesians where it says we battle not against flesh and blood 
Like our battle is not against the individual that even with black lives matter, I think all lives matter. It's like there, there's, there is racial injustice, but it's, it's become something beyond um, what the core of the the challenge is. And it's like, it's, it's just a swirl that the enemy really tries to get us caught up that we're now fighting against each other. And yes. rec- instead of recognizing how do we restore and heal and take responsibility for where as he- as individuals, humans, we've missed it because it's it's on our, there's, you know, on every aspect from blacks to whites to Hispanics. I mean, everybody is has has done things that are not right in the in the social justice aspect of things. But it's not again. We're not against each other. It's, it's about the spirit behind it. It's about the animosity and the, the mistreatment because of perspectives. And we just uh, it's a it's it's not against that yeah. individual, but it's learning how to validate and love the individual and recognize what is operating. And I think that's mm. a huge thing. I mean, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more, but um, recognizing even in relationships and business in church that it's it's those things that um, uh, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark ages. It's those things. If we recognize there's more happening than what we're experiencing in the natural, mm. we, we shift our perspective to be able to understand what God is doing so we can love in the midst of it versus uh, reacting to what we're experiencing yeah, in the natural. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man. It's so key that we live our that we live that we we have the the culture of the kingdom and the values of the kingdom as opposed to you know just all these other things it's so it's so crazy how quickly like i've never maybe it's always been like this but but i've just been recognizing especially over the past couple of years how quickly everything just sort of becomes weaponized and and becomes politicized so you take something like you, you you just you mentioned Black Lives Matter. Like, of course, that statement is 100% true. And that, like, of course, Black Lives Matter. But when you take an organization that is that has a political agenda, and mm-hmm. and so you're you're actually preying off of um, the of of a real thing, of a real issue, of a real problem in our society, but you're using it to sort of push some kind of political agenda that really you know in my opinion has very little to do with black uh, with with black lives matter it has to do with a lot of other things um the whole idea behind like social justice right now is um very there's just there's just so much going on and so many agendas that are trying to be pushed where like you said i mean i think like cutting the boards (laughs) cutting the boards if we're not getting back to the original source and the original intention of the father and we're we're just trying to kind of fit in and even like adjusting doctrine and adjusting theology and adjusting values to the the political climate of the day or just the societal climate of the day or whatever then we're going to end up in a very wrong place but when we when we when we base our lives and our values and the things that we do and how we love and honor and treat people based on the heart of God, you know, based on the based on scripture, based on kingdom values, then, you know, we end up in the right place and we actually can serve people well. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's really true. And I was debating about going down this road, but uh, I'll take a risk um, with uh, without hopefully going too far down. Yeah. Uh, Chris Valton was just talking about that scripture in Ephesians. And it's talking in, in different translations says the first thing is principalities or in other ones it says rulers. 
but it, mm. the actual if you go behind this the scenes with the greek it's it's origin um is the word and he goes if okay. you look at its scripture jesus named the de demons um uh based upon the, what they did and so you you know deaf and dumb spirit come out Okay. Um, and so right. it was a, there was a naming of it and he was alluding to that, that, um, that first thing being origin, that that is this, the demonic spirit, the name of his origin, because he's that spirit there or that demon, uh, or that principality or power or a ruler was called origin because he was challenging the origin of everything. And so operates, we coexist here on, on earth, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven, like demons and angels are here as well. Right. And so uh, there's a spiritual dynamic. Now, I'm not looking for demons wherever I go. It's the reality of what it is. Sure. And he goes, it's that 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 spirit of origin constantly is ch ch getting us to try to question the the truth, the origin of things, our identity, our sex, our gender, um, the you know. Uh, and so you get people that are very wise, very smart, but then they come underneath the influence of the spirit. And now they're they see they're, they're now reasoning things out which doesn't make any logical sense. Like, how can you change a gen your gender? This is who you are, you know, right. and, and, and because of the spirit, they start to function underneath that and operate on that. And the reality is Christians and non-believers, uh, non believers and non-believers, we all get shifted into that. Like there's spiritual atmospheres to operate. And when we come in agreement, we then give our power over to that thing that's operating and then uh, give it permission to and give authority to operate in the, and, and, and the situation we're in. And that's a huge, huge understanding of what we agree with, what we declare, we release in a power into the situation. Wow. And it's so critical. And I can talk about practical applications in that because that's the key is how does that work in the day-to-day -day process? I mean, from, um, you know, kids are frustrated, you're frustrated with the kids and you give permission by agreement of anger and offense into that situation. And of course there's going to be chaos. There's going to be animosity in your home. But if you recognize, wait, what I agree with, what I declare, uh, I, I empower into that situation. Um, and there's a guy yeah. that um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, but he, there's a, just a gift that he sees. He's written a number of books, but he, he sees in the spirit realm. Um, it was a gift when he was a kid. He would see demons and angels and he was scared of it. Like, what the heck is this? And why do I have this? And then as he started going, you recognize, oh, this is just a normal, it's a gift that I have. And he would I remember him walking down his stairs one time. He was telling us this story. He walks down the stairs and he sees the guard, this angel at the door, which he goes, oh, he's always there and he's protecting it. And he walks in his kitchen and sees another angel there. It's just he goes, this is normal. that I see these all over the place. And it's true. Mm. And he goes, then his little girl is playing in the I think it was a little girl playing in the living room. And he says they're doing it. And all of a sudden. He put some toast in or something like that, and his he, his daughter's crying. So he goes over, steps on some Legos, like oh, this is it. And all of a sudden, the toast starts burning. He's like, oh my goodness, he's all frustrated. And all of a sudden, he looks around the corner. He can see this demon just mm. coming in, like like a little serpent or uh, uh, coming in because he was getting frustrated and aggravated, and he started to come in because it invited based upon what he was partnering with. Wow. And he goes, all of a sudden he knew what he needed to do. So he just stopped and turned his affection, just began to worship God. Immediately he had to leave. Wow. And it, it's amazing what we invite based upon what we choose to partner with. Wow. And it's not wrong to be angry, but it's what we do with that in that process. It's it's that what we choose, we have a moment, what gets planted, what do we agree with that gets empowered into that situation in that process. And so it's a it's a huge element in the kingdom and in a practical life. That's so good, man. Wow. Agreement 
agreement is so key. Um, you know, one thing that uh, that that Bill Johnson, I've heard him say over and over again, you know, if you, you agree with the lie, you empower the liar, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing, you know, whatever, whatever you're giving your agreement to, whatever you're lending your agreement to. I mean, the devil doesn't have the any authority in your life other than the authority that you give him. Right. And so it's it's like he's under our feet. Jesus yeah. already his head's crushed. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> Jesus already did it for us. And we get the privilege of living in the reality of the finished works of Christ. But when we just when we allow because, you know, he's still going to lie to us and try to manipulate and pervert and distort and do all that stuff. And the, like you said, man, it's the 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 demonic realm is or the, the realm of um, of the spirit. I mean, it's so real. And so many times, like, I mean, I think that most of us just live completely oblivious to it. And so when problems come at us, when issues happen, we just start to partner with those things unwittingly, like without even thinking about it, because like, oh, it's just the circumstances of my life, not recognizing that many, many times there's actually um, there's a, we're opening the door to some kind of a, an actual demonic force or stronghold that we're partnering with because we're just letting it happen. We're just falling into it, you know, and like yeah. like. um second Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, you know, that's another verses three, four and five. Yeah. Like that's another scripture that starts off the same way. Like what you're just talking about. We don't fight. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Not my fight is not with people. I might have arguments yeah. with people, but, but you're not my enemy. Just because we disagree, you're not my enemy. So then what, what is the, uh, what's the, uh, the, the wisdom there? The wisdom there is taking captive every thought casting down every argument that goes against that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of god and so recognizing that hold on this is not consistent with god's word with yep. his promises with his will for my life and so i'm not going to allow this thing to take over and now come to the forefront of my mind and become a controlling force in my life but i think so often we just sort of default into that where we'll allow, I was, I just posted something um, about, you know, maybe 30 minutes before we started here about, uh, about worry and anxiety and how, you know, it's, it's just another weapon that the enemy forms against you. But the promise from scripture is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And so like, that was, that was my line of thinking too, was, okay, whenever you feel like you're starting to get worried, you're starting to get anxious, you're starting to get fearful, or like you said, frustrated, angry, disappointed, you know, you're feeling lonely, like whatever those thoughts are, those, those emotional sort of attacks that come against you, you can learn to very quickly recognize, no, <laughs> I actually don't have to agree with this. I don't have to partner with this thought. I don't have to partner with this feeling. Instead, I can just always return to worship and focus my attention, my love, my affection on you, Lord. And in that place, it's like the enemy has to flee from you. Yep. You know? Yep. You know, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that one of the challenges, uh, it's kind of a pet peeve, but also a challenge and uh, that we face is, you know, a lot of incredible pastors, podcast um, teachings, it's, there's a lot of great insight and revelation and principles uh, where the gap comes in is the translation to the application and the integration into our daily lives. 
And it's like, we know, you know, do not worry about anything that, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but just cast your cares upon him. You know, all these different things. Okay. That's great. Okay. I'm going to do that. Great. Okay. Write down my notebook. And okay, yeah. here we go. And then all of a sudden you're in the, your work environment and you're, your boss is saying, hey, you need to have this or your CEO of a company and like the pressures of obligations and responsibilities come of like, if you don't have this done, we're going to miss out on this opportunity. I mean, I was just talking to a client of mine who, he, you know, they're they're under pressure with one of the largest companies in the U.S. and saying you need to have the answer, in, you know, within a few weeks if you're going to do this and it's going to cut your profit, you know, down 15 to 20 percent. He's like, we're going to lose a lot of money and all these things. And the invitation right there is the pressure. Uh, yes. the, the fear uh, of it, but it's learning how do I, you know, we can easily say, Hey, take those thought captives. Hey, just right. worship God. I, oh, yeah. I got 300 employees. Uh, yeah, you know, I got to make decisions, <clears throat> but it's learning how in the day-to-day process of staying connected, because really it comes down to just an intimate real walk with God. And Come instead on. of a list of th- two things to do, like, okay, I got to think, take th- thoughts captive. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. Cast the cares worship. Right. Okay. 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 You know, you just got all yep. these things, but what, what I find the, the, the integration, the application integration is learning how to stay connected through the day, how to stay aware of what God is saying and doing so that we know what's actually operating in the situation. But when mm-hmm. we're consumed with something, we don't know what truth is because we just see this, we get caught up into the swirl of things. Same thing when you watch social media, you watch the news, all of a sudden you just get into it and you get caught up in the arguments, you get caught up in the debates, you get caught up in the frustrations. That's not right. And you you start reacting based upon what you see happening. But if you don't come up higher, you never see his perspective. Jesus mm. often withdrew yeah. Yeah. from the crowds, even of the demands of people so that he could have God's perspective. Jesus said, I only did that, which I saw the father doing and saying, and that's the model that we have. And so it's learning as as a businessman that how do I stay aware and connected throughout the day? And I, I could share that more of those practical things, but it's very critical for all of us to stay there because otherwise we don't even know what we're agreeing with. Yeah, we don't even yeah. realize that it's 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 not normal because it's so subtle and everybody around us does it. And so we just caught up until then afterwards we're like, what's going on? This is like... I'm, I'm at the point of beyond just worry. Now I'm reacting and just trying to survive right. in that process. Yeah, man, 100%. Well, I really want to get into uh, some practical stuff with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been so excited to have you on the show, man. And we just kind of jumped in at 100 miles an hour and I didn't even uh, get a chance to uh, introduce you or say anything yeah. about what you do. So for anyone who doesn't know Tim, uh, let me just set some context here. Tim is a speaker. He's a coach. He's a business consultant. Um, but look, there are a lot of business consultants out there. But uh, Tim's approach to helping leaders and organizations grow and develop healthy culture is really, really unique. Um, Tim helps business leaders partner with God to unlock supernatural strategies and breakthrough. Uh, he does this. He and his team do this by coming alongside kingdom-minded business leaders who want to partner with God in order to grow their companies, grow their their organizations, and uh, just helping them to unlock kingdom strategies um, in times of both growth and times of adversity too, right? Um, and facilitating a transformation of culture that really results in lives being changed and transformed. And uh, I, Tim is really just an expert in 
helping people learn to experience the presence of God in their daily lives and uh, really just making the the supernatural nature of who God is and this walk with the Lord that we have, but taking that supernatural thing and just making it natural, making it an, a normal, natural part of the believer's life. And um, so, Tim, look, man, I, I and, and I mean, I could have kept talking there, too. <laughs> I could have kept saying more and more stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I so appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. I, I appreciate even the fact that like going years back, you were a youth pastor. Right. Um and, uh, you know, working in the pastoral context and probably thinking that that's where you were going to live, maybe not, you know, not necessarily as a youth pastor, but living in more of a traditional uh, ministry context for the rest of your life. I don't I don't know that for sure. But then God calls you sort of out of that context to now basically create this ministry that you didn't have a model to look at and say, oh, I'm going to do what this person did, or I'm going to do like without that model of this is what this ministry is going to look like. But God planted you in the business world in this just totally new context for ministry where you've had to rely on the Holy Spirit to really show you what to do and to really build this thing for you as you've just been walking in obedience and it's so cool that, you know, having that foundation, I mean, God's just so good at the way that he orchestrates these things and works these things out. But you having to really just partner with the Holy Spirit to say, OK, I'm just going to trust you with this because I don't I don't know what this is going to look like because I don't have any like I don't have anyone else to look at. That's that's done exactly this before. But just that that trust, that reliance on God that now I think has really positioned you where you get to do that for others and to partner with people who are CEOs of high level, you know, multi-million dollar organizations and say, okay, this is how we partner with God. Um, and, and uh, this is what we're going to do so that you can learn to be led by the spirit of God, to make godly decisions, to make kingdom decisions, and uh, to really see growth and prosperity and advancement in what you're doing. So I really love what you're doing. I love the uniqueness and the creativity uh, that goes into what you're doing. And I also know you're a really busy guy. So thank you again for taking the time to you know, talk with me. And I, I'm just so pumped for anybody that gets a chance to watch or listen to this for the, the value that, um, that they're going to get out of this. So well, thanks, um, man. It's, a, it's an honor to be here, honestly, just because I know you're really trying to equip people and awaken people to what's possible and then activate them in, in, in the process saying this is not just a theory, but this is, this is real, this works. So it's definitely an honor to be here. And, you know, I think that some of the things that you said in, in this process of just even our journey, uh, I'll probably correct something for me. It's not a ministry, although, mm. you know, in the church world, we say, Oh, right. that's your ministry. But I actually been right. fighting against that word intentionally because, okay. <laughs> um, there, and I'll tell you why is because we, um, uh, we, we spiritualize things a lot and we're looking okay. for, uh, what, uh, is, is it a ministry? I, I, everything we do as believers should be ministry. You know, right. that's where I was coming Lord. from in my, yeah, I know you are. Thinking, cause totally. I, cause I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I tell yeah, people I, I'm, I'm on the same page, but I think I come at it from the opposite angle of, of you are, we're all ministers. Everything you do is, is, is ministry. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's but, true, I, but, I, but I'm tracking with you. 
Yeah. And the reason why I fight against that a little bit is because, again, I grew up in the church. My dad's been a pastor my whole life. My dad and mom were, um, uh, but my dad's uh, still pastoring. You know, I think he's mm. in uh, mid 60s and um, it's just a faithful, you know, incredible man of yeah, God. And awesome. And just uh, I, I went to full time ministry right out of Bible college and we both went to the same Bible college, Duke and I. And, um, you know, I went into full time ministry after that. And then. Uh, as you mentioned, we we actually came out to to Reading to be a part of Bethel eleven over eleven years ago, and it was it, you said God called me. And I'll explain the ministry thing in a second. God called me. I don't, I don't know. I would say God even called me. I do. Yeah, He did, but I, it wasn't this voice like you right. are going to business. It was uh, I, I came out here for a year thinking I was going to get launched back into church ministry because. Um, so many prophetic words, man, into church uh, ministry, what I was called to do. At least that's what I thought in that process. But, it, you know, it's amazing. It says we know in part and we prophesy in part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, a lot of times we interpret in part as well because we Come on. interpret based upon the filters, the current context that we're in. And so when I get a prophetic word, I look to how to apply based upon where I'm at right now. And, I, uh, you know, I'm looking, how do I, all these prophetic words, how do I do that inside the church context? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And there's a real breaking season when I came out here because the things I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And I remember going through this really hard season. Um, and I, I don't want to get into it right now, but we had a company. We ended up shutting it down. Uh, we grew up really successfully. Um, uh, I got handed a company when I, after about a you know, year being here. And we grew it and I explained more of it, but then when it shut down, went through a whole season. I'm like, God, what happened? I felt like you abandoned me. And he said, no, mm. Tim, there's cracks in your foundation that if I would have released what was on your life, it, you would have crumbled under that weight. And so I had to remove things that you're doing. And so I could rebuild the foundations because there's insecurity. There was entitlement. There was um, pride, you know, all these uh, orphan mentality, poverty mentality, these different things that were there that if God would have put on my life, the things he promised, I would have crumbled. I would have gave in to things that I shouldn't have yeah. done. And he goes, Tim, yeah. I had to remove that. So I could get, rebuild that there is uh, that there is just a trust in a walking with him versus um, and a number of things that I was walking through and it wasn't like mm -hmm. I was sinning. It was just things that were there that could cause me to get off track. And so, um, in the, in the process though, I realized that as I got thrown into, thrown into business, quote unquote, um, I realized that I was, I was looking at my prophetic words through the filter of full-time ministry because my identity and values mm -hmm. wrapped up in full-time ministry because yeah, and what, that's why I go to the ministry word because as a, yeah. a a Bible school student and then going into full-time ministry, you know, it was, uh, people look that like in order to fill the call of God in your life, now it's changed more, but in order to fulfill the call of God in your life, typically it was, you have to go into ministry, church ministry. Um, we've shifted it, say, mm. you know, business is your ministry and, you right, know, um, right. but people don't know what that looks like. Okay. Business, my ministry, workers worship. Okay. Um, I'm supposed to pray for everybody when I'm at work, but I'm a CEO of 300 people or 200 people. Like what, uh, how do I do that? Um, so they still have this struggle. They look at Todd White's like, okay, I'm supposed to pray for everybody. Um, I love Todd White, by the way, phenomenal yeah. and incredible yeah. man of God, but that's not the only expression. Um, of uh, people's lives of how to walk in their calling. And so a, a ministry context is like, um, I need to pray for everybody. I need to 
I need to minister to people that are in it, wherever I go because that's ministry. You know, I need to preach right. the gospel. I need to do right. these things. And if I prophesy, that's ministry. If I pray for somebody, that's ministry. If I, you know, all these things. And it's like on, if there's pressure, undergoing pressure, a performance of trying to achieve the call of God on our lives. That's a lie because we I am who I am no matter where I go whether I'm preaching in front of 10,000 people or I'm meeting with the CEO talking about how his profit and loss statement is off track because of the financials, because of something going on with his, his team. You know, I, I am who I am. I get to carry that wherever I go. And so it's destroying this mentality of um, I have to fulfill the call of God in a church context or a mission field context or praying for people. Do we do all those things? Absolutely. But it's the freedom of I get to be who I am and changing the filter system of looking at even the prophetic words that God, I put a context, I put this in a box based upon this is how it can be experienced. Lord, what are you saying? And now so many of the prophetic words I have um, are, are coming to fulfillment in a totally different context that I ever experienced. I'm working with CEOs and executives and business leaders throughout the world. Um, and, and it blows my mind from startups I have to cor large corporations. Um, walking with them in the practical and the spiritual, um, but everything we do. And so it's a lot of fun because if it doesn't work inside a business, if it, if it doesn't change the bottom line, if it doesn't change the culture, if it doesn't bring an increase in a growth of sales and, and, and environments of, uh, of how people function work, if it's not understanding the kingdom reality, then why are we doing it? It's got to work. And mm. so it can't be just, yeah, Hey, let me just pray for you. So when yeah. I, explain what I do or what our company does. People, oh, it's great ministry. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. It, it, I'm just fully expressing who I am in the context that I, I'm doing this in. And so if I did it in a church, okay, you can call it ministry. If I do it here, yeah, it's ministry. But really what it is, I'm trying to break a mentality is like, I am a business consultant that works with CEOs and business leaders throughout the U.S. and internationally to help them become who they're really called to be and fully experience the, the unique and creative expression they're called to, uh, to walk in, that God called them to walk in. Mm. And so there's a freedom for that because business leaders typically in the church are recognized in value because of, okay, uh, you can be on the financial board or the advisory because we need to build something. We got to grow something. We got a church building project. Okay, you can help us with these things. Instead of recognizing they're anointed by God, just like this, this individual, as he, as me, as a youth pastor over here, it's like, but it's giving the permission to walk in who they're called to be. Yeah. And so I love, that's what we're doing. We're, we're really awakening people to what's possible. We're aligning them to their, who they are as individuals. And then we're activating to walk that in, in every sphere. And so we're working in multiple spheres, education, uh, business, uh, political entertainment. And so it's a lot of fun. It's not about uh, you know, let me just pray and prophesy over you. Although prophetic, yeah. prophetic, ask the prophetic is huge in what we do. Prayer, we have uh, intercessors. We actually have hired on intercessor on our team to pray for all our clients because of that scripture we talked about. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers. Because the reality is, we our business people are facing a spiritual battle, yeah. and and so we need prayer covering over those people that are taking territory for the kingdom. And so we believe in all that, but it's it's got to naturally, practically be applicable yes. application integration into those settings. Yeah, well, bro, I, I appreciate you um, uh, correcting me, so to speak, on that. Like, I, I appreciate you um, just sharing your heart with me on that and not letting me just... Uh, 
get away with calling it that call you know what yeah. i mean because uh well you I know do. you know you know where i'm coming from in the first place i right? did like, know, I know but, but, but it's but it's like um but but yeah we we don't want to somehow lessen or diminish um what it is that the lord is actually doing um doing through you and through your team and that's so there has to be every spiritual thing every spiritual truth has to be demonstrated in some kind of a practical way right in some kind of natural way otherwise it doesn't actually have an effect on your life so yeah. i love the fact that what you're doing is that you that you have that stuff in place like you have the intercessors in place because you're recognizing that yeah there are spiritual forces in in heavenly places there are these things that are going on that uh you know we don't see with our natural eye but it's but it's real and it's fueling bad decisions and it's fueling greed and it's fueling these different things that that so often lead to there being you know issues and problems and problems in culture and and fighting and you know just different things that happen like that's that's real but in terms of my like day to day and me sitting down with somebody who's got like you said like 300 employees or a thousand employees that they're responsible for like okay there's got to be more to it than me just um let me pray for you brother like really yep. okay <laughs> so yeah. let's um i just uh, talked to i just actually a, a, a large company uh you know they're valued probably you know 600 million dollars uh and they're uh he's a client of mine for the last year and a half almost two years now and we just talked about that very thing where he was a guy was going through surgery and he was like okay how do i how do i do this like i'm just practically walking that out and i'm just giving you practical ways to bring the kingdom reality or experience, share testimony stories and testimonies are huge so that's that's a real challenge of like do i just go pray for everybody but then you have hr problems potentially and are you trying to manipulate people because you're the ceo and i have to do what you say and if you want to offer to pray well i can't say no to the ceo and, and navigating all those things is a challenge and so there's ways to do it though and i'll, I'll tell you like one one th and cool thing I was Bill and Bill Johnson and I were talking just about what we do and he's just like uh, we're telling stories. I mean I could be out here for Duke for yeah, days man, telling testimonies and stories of uh, of not just the breakthrough but actually the journey because we celebrate testimonies when you hear like oh this happened and we're like okay God do it again do it again which I love because it, it this you know the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy Re Revelation nineteen yeah, sure it's a prophetic declaration they want to do it again but. It's the journey in the process, the yeses, the belief, the agreement in the process and the journey that brings about the testimony. And we celebrate the testimony, but there's a it's understanding that it, we don't just go testimony to testimony. We have to walk through the journey, through the miry clay, through the, the mix of frustration and disappointment and delays. And God, like that's a whole part of faith and believing. Why is there so many scriptures about waiting? Yeah. Like what do you do in waiting? What do you do in uh, in the prisons? What do you, how do you keep, renew your mind? Where Paul says, I, I've learned to be content in all things. It's like, I'm writing this in prison. I'm writing this in you know sewage. But I learned how to be content in all things, let it base to abound. And it's, it's learning in the midst of those things. I'm not being moved by the circumstances around me. But I love what Bill said to me. He was like, you know, Tim, we get um, revelation. I get revelation. I get to bring application in my church setting. But he goes, Tim, I've always said, if this doesn't work in the marketplace, then Come it's on. not kingdom. Come on. And he goes, Tim, what you guys are doing is you're taking the, you, you're, you're bringing the translation and the application and integration into the marketplace, into the business setting of the kingdom realities, the kingdom uh, uh, principles. And that's the big thing is like many of us, function, you know, I love how much kingdom um, church, uh, I'm sorry, kingdom business 
conferences that are out there and kingdom courses and stuff like that, which is phenomenal. I love what God's doing in those. A lot of them get stuck in the, the, the principles, like here's 10 steps or here's what we need to do and yeah. pray this, do this, do this. I love it. It's truth. But what we're going after is how do you, it's like the Logos word and the Rhema word. What is God speaking on now? What You can take any scripture you want and apply it to any situation. But it's learning whether it's the Holy Spirit highlighting them now for this moment yes. in the situation. So that's really a core element of what we're doing is the, the revelation, the translation of what that looks like in the context, the application. What How do you apply that, whether a pastor or a business leader or an uh, uh, influencer in, in, in entertainment um, or a doctor? We have doctors we're working with um, in the medical field, mm. uh, political realm. And it's like, what is that? What's the integration? How do I live this out on an ongoing basis? Not just like, okay, my battle's not against flesh and blood. Okay, my battle's not against flesh and blood. Okay, my battle's not against flesh and blood. But yeah. oh, I got to battle this. Like, what do I do in the moment? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, what in a practical sense, like, how does this actually work? So, what does, and I'm sure it's because, like you said, I mean, you're, you're working with people in the medical community, people in the education sector, people in business, you're working with all kinds of different people. So, I'm sure it's different. It's not the exact same, you know, way across the board. And it, it is going to be based on what the spirit of God is leading and what the issues are within that particular yeah. organization or or, you know, whoever you're dealing with. But so when you partner with, uh, let's just say a company, for example, yep. and you're, you're, you're partnering with, with them. And so like in a practical sense, what does your involvement, like the involvement of your team, what does that look like? Like what kind of services are you providing? How are you um, adding value to what they're doing and helping to um, bring that cultural transformation that's that's needed in some of these situations that you guys go into? Yeah, great question. I mean, I'll back up a little bit and explain our, our organization a little bit. So, because it's evolved from when we first yeah. started out, you know, I had a prophetic dream, uh, one of those ones you wake up and you could feel God all over it. That really launched me into what we're doing, which the dream was that I was going to have a prophetic consulting company that's going to have prophetic insight into individual lives and to corporations to bring radical growth and transformation. And the Lord said, I'm giving you the business world to transform the way it's been done. I want to restore mm. it to the way I intended people to walk and experience my kingdom realities and uh, walking with me, partnering with me in the professional world. And so it was this invitation for me. Now, I've never been a consultant, had no clue what to do. I did the normal stuff. You do the R&D uh, research and development and I'm asking people and I get all these things I have to do. And the Lord said, what are you doing? I'm like, because I'm stressed. I'm frustrated trying to figure yeah. all the value propositions, all the things. And the Lord says, what are you doing? I said, what's, what's what you do? It's how you build it. And in that process, uh, the Lord said, who told you that? And I was like, well, this is what everybody does. He goes, no, I told you it's going to look <laughs> yeah. different than you ever seen before. And you, you alluded to that earlier. It's not a model I had to follow and setting up a business. And it's not that I throw out the business principles and structures and infrastructures because the things you need to do legally to, to as a business and for HR and, you know, uh, systems and processes, but it's learning how to do those things with the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Lord, the function of God, of like um, learning how to be sensitive to it. So it's grown over the last seven years in a lot of ways. We now have a team before it's one of me, just me. Uh, but now we have a team. I have uh, coaches underneath me as well. Um, and in fact, that's grown quite a bit where people are recognizing I a specialty over here in this area, whether it's uh, life transformation coaching or it's um, engineers are coming to us, psychiatrists coming to us, um, uh, business consultants of organizational de development and leadership. But the thing that we're realizing that we are a unique element that we bring 
along with those things is what I just said before is the the translation, the revelation, the translation and the application. Mm-hmm. Um, the integration application integration is based upon the field that they're in. So for me, I I my special I can jump into a lot of different realms, like you just said, the yeah. spheres. Um, what the Lord's had us go after is business. So for a business consultant, I, I'm a consultant that I walk with them in a lot of the practical things. And you're right. There is no formula. Um, there's this basic stuff that I walk with people. But the reality is your business or infrastructure is different than the next one. And so the challenges that they're walking through is different than this person. The insecurities this person's walking through is different than this one. Yeah. So for me, there's not a there. There's not a roadmap. Although I love consulting companies and organizations that have these systems and these, um, you know, uh, these tests that they take and these things that they go through to to analyze and evaluate where companies are at and things they need, strengths, weaknesses, all these different things. I love them. Uh, We use them. We bring them in. But it's learning how the Holy Spirit is highlighting. Do we do that now? Is is, is that for us, this tool for us to use in this organization right now? And it doesn't mean I'm just sitting in the prayer chapel eight hours a day say, Oh Lord, just come. In fact, yeah. I remember a guy that I worked with, he was underneath me and a company I ran and he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and go. He was, we did door to door sales. And he goes, I'm not going to go out and do sales today. I just really felt like God said he's going to bring them to me. And he goes, so I'm going to go to prayer chapel and just soak. I'm like, no, it's partnering with God. Like you co-labor, you go with God as you do something. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you could do that, but you're welcome to find another job doing that. Uh, wow. Because that's not, that, you know, it's working with God, not just sitting on your tail waiting for God to do everything for you. Yeah. And so, um, but so we we are we also like we said we have intercessors and we the intercessors process is a prophetic intercession. It's like God, what are you saying about the situation? Let's pray into that. Versus let's just pray, 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 pray. So it's really right. hearing from the Lord and how to pray in that process. Um, and we have prophetic individuals on our team. We have so there's a, a number of different things. So. Typically, when to change the, the company, we're walking and really assessing what are the challenges. But it's really about the individual first, the leadership, because it ha- affects the top down. And so we're walking with that CEO, business owner, uh, analyzing what are the challenges he's walking through? Where is he going? What's the call of God in his life? What's the prophetic words over his life? The culture in the company and just navigating then how do we bring strength? How do we bring health into the organization? Mm. So it, sometimes it's, it's mindsets. Sometimes it, a lot of times it works with the individual first of alignment of who they are, beliefs they're believing that aren't true um, right. and yeah. how they walk that out. So uh, a lot of times it's, it's, it's just, um, you hey can man, teach real, somebody- real quick, real quick on that. I, I, not, I, sorry to interrupt, but so do you, do you find that it's difficult when, when that, when that is like the issue or one of the primary issues, when it's actually like the leader of an organization who's got all these employees and then for you to have to, it just seems like that would be tricky for a lot of people to deal with. So for you to have to tell somebody, um, okay, so the problem is actually not this department over here. The problem, there's actually like, we need to start with you. Like we, we need to start with recognizing that that you have this issue. And so for somebody who's, uh, you know, in a prominent position like that, is that difficult to do? Like, have you had to do that? Have you had to navigate through time. some of those difficult conversations? And what is typically like the the reception to that like? Or how are there ways that you can walk somebody through like recognizing that that's what it is? Is there, do you often get like pushback to that? Like, I'm just curious about what that. Yeah. Great like. question. <laughs> so first of all, like anybody that I work with, it's used, it's with the leader, it's with the CEO, the business mm-hmm. owner, and they, they have to want it. Like I, I, okay. I tell people no all the time because I'm also praying, Lord, am I supposed to be working with this individual or not? 
Um, but in the same well, way, they're they're yielding, say, hey, listen, I want more of God in my life. I want to grow my company. I have problems, challenges, but also I want to I want somebody to walk with me. So we have two different roles that I do. One is a, as a, a business consultant. The other one's more of a strategic advisor. And so there's yeah. some people that their company is really growing. So I'm not getting into the day to day operations. So it's really more of a strategic advisor. I'm walking with them, helping them navigate big decisions challenges they are facing their business, but I'm not getting into the day-to-day -day processes. Cool. Other companies, I'm actually recognizing, okay, let me meet with some of your staff. Let me help. Let's walk through the financials. Let's walk through the operations and the process. Not an expert yeah. and everything, but I know how to jump in and navigate some of those. But um, conflict resolution is something I deal with all the time. Uh, and it is, I mean, I, I'm dealing with, uh, I'm walking with three partners right now. Two of them are married and one is not. And there's a three partnership, four partners. Two couples that are partners one's a silent partner but there's a lot of history of past experiences and issues and so we're walking them through do you realize what you did do you want and so mm. how, how to navigate that for me is i'm walking them through and i'm realizing oh this is the, they made these decisions out of fear and fired this person out of fear or wow. they caused the conflict in this situation as far as the leader so for me i, I i'm processing as i recognize those things i said okay why do you think what caused you to make that re that response? Well, I was really frustrated. I said, okay, let's just ask Holy Spirit. Lord, why did I fire that person? And they'll just be, all of a sudden, they're just aware, oh, I actually mm -hmm. did that fear because the Holy Spirit's convicting or walking them. Other times, it's not about stopping praying. I'm just like, when when you did this, what, uh, what do you think they experienced from you? Hmm. Oh, frustration, okay. anger. And so I walk them through of unpacking what they might have experienced, what they, what other people did. So there's a lot of different ways of approaching it. And I'm constantly trying to be aware of where I feel peace on or life on what the Lord's directing in the conversation as well. Now, so, did you go through any training on how to do conflict re resolution with people? Or is this just like stuff that you, that the Holy Spirit taught you how to do, like how to have these interactions? Or was it like a combination of both? Uh, it's uh, honestly, I was laying down one day and God just downloaded everything I know and I'm ready to put on do it. No, no, I mean, it's life. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, as a pastor, we're yeah. working on counseling and talking to people. There's, uh, you know, there's just life experiences. I think for me, I remember my mom saying this uh, growing up all the time, Tim, wherever you go, be teachable. So humility and teachability is one of the key elements for me. And so I'm constantly trying to learn and grow. I watch people, I read books and you know, I don't, I'm not a huge book reader. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not that I love leadership development. I love being with leaders. I I'm around them all the time. Um, but I, I don't read a book every month or every two weeks. I don't, I mean, I, there's a lot of books I half read and then I stop or I half listen to and then I stop. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not the typical, here's the 10 things to do to be able to become excellent at what you do. I think they're right. great. It's just not how I function. So right. it's a lot of, life experiences, a lot of learning, gleaning. I watch people, how th people do it. Um, I love Danny Silk stuff with conflict resolution, communication. Mm. That's a huge element yeah. of listening to him, his language. I use a lot of times, um, like when I'm working through the conflicts of these three partners, I'm like, okay, go ahead, tell us what you experienced. And I said, I give them practical ways of sharing. I said, when you say, say, don't say you did this. And when you did this, this is what happened. When you did this, that's actually accusational. So I give them some tools. I'm like, when you're talking to them, and they're all on the call like us. I'm like, I'd encourage you to say, when this happened, this is what I experienced from you. Okay. When you said these things, this is what I felt from you. So it's an open-handed approach versus 
an accusation. When you said this, you did, you meant this, and this is what you did and try to get rid of the accusational. So just the open hand approach. And then I have the other person, instead of reacting to the situation or what they just said, I said, okay, tell me what you just heard them say. Oh, I heard you say that when I did this, this is how it made you feel. A lot of times they don't know how to do this. So they'll be like, well, you, you think I did this and you think I did this. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I asked you. I said, repeat back to them what you (laughs) think you heard them say. I think I heard you just say this because we, we hear in part, like we don't, we, like we have filters of even our hearing. So just giving people practical tools of uh, how to do that. So um, a lot of times of growing, uh, watching people, Danny Silk's a great resource. I love that type of thing, but um, just an experience of listening to Holy Spirit too, of, of how to, how to walk through those things. But conflict resolution is something I deal with all the time. Um, <laughs> and uh, the reality is yeah. it's a great invitation because here's the thing, Duke, most of us, when 90% of believers that love God, they actually want to be closer to God. They want to walk with God. They want to be better people. Yeah, for sure. And so if you approach it that way, like it, your heart really is to treat people well, right? Yeah. You really want people to experience God in you, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that? what they experienced from you was representing that? No. Is that mm-hmm. what you wanted it? No. Okay. What, what? Let's ask the Lord where that came from. And sometimes it's childhood stuff. Sometimes it's current stuff, whatever. So our approach is really holistic and we go after the whole aspect of their lives that affects every part of their lives. Wow. That's so good. So that's so yeah, good. No, I love it, man. There's so many directions that I want to go, and I know we're we're ba- we're running short on time. Uh, so you're gonna have to come back if you don't mind. Maybe we could do this again uh, sometime in the in the near future. But, um, but yeah, man, I love I love the practicality of that. I think that right there, what you just said, could help so many people um, better handle with so many of the problems that come up. Because, like, the truth is that so much of what we do is is related to to people to the way that we treat people and i think that so often when it comes to in both business and ministry i think i think with everything we have a tendency to focus like like we can be so focused and this maybe comes down even to personality type to and it's to a certain extent but we can be so focused on the end goal and on going forward and advancing that we forget to really focus on the fact that my position of leadership actually means that I'm supposed to serve the people that are following me, the people that I'm leaving. You know, I think so often we can just kind of steamroll people and just kind of roll past people. Um, And what happens is that can work. I think that can work for a little bit. But if you really want to build something that goes far, the culture of any organization is so important. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I love that you that you do have such a, a heavy emphasis on on that on the interworkings of relationships and um, huge yeah it's awesome yeah Duke, I mean that you just hit it, uh, the the nail on the head because the the culture is what's going to be the, the continuous sustainability of the company you know and if we cannot um, if we cannot learn how to walk uh, in a kingdom culture and establish that. Then that's gonna it, it's gonna it, it's just gonna crumble because a lot of people have things on the walls, vision statements, mission statements, core values, yeah. but walking it out is a whole different thing. Yeah, you know, sure. we, especially in the in our setting, in our culture here in Bethel circles and churches, we talk about a culture of honor. We talk about celebrating people. And what does that look like in a business? That's it, you know. And that's when we talk about practical walking it out. So for me, you know, culture of honor. And this is what we work with leadership all the time about developing that within their core leaders and their team ongoing, because it has to be walked out. Culture is not established until it's actually experienced. 
it's on. not like it's not something that we talk about. It's actually something yeah. that they experience. And a lot of times it's through the conflict that they experience it. It's lived out through the challenges. That's when people actually the culture is established is through yeah. those challenges. Like, what are we going to actually do when the rubber meets the road? Are we going to go off of the statement that we have on the wall? Or are we going to do what we feel best and what what meets our needs and what is logical in the situation? And so hmm. it's learning how to walk out the our beliefs, our core values in those situations of honoring each other, valuing each other. So for a culture of honor here, we talk about celebrating each other. It's, it's believing the best about who the person is. It's focusing on who they are, not who they're not. But in a business setting, I got to fire people. I've got right. to hold people accountable. I'm like if they're not doing anything, how do you do it? And it's a challenge of like, yeah. that's why business people have such a hard challenge. And this is something we walk through, we do trainings, but we also coach and consult people through this process. Like they hear principal in the, 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 uh, the church service or a podcast, but then I got to go to work and I got to fire somebody. Well, how do I have a honor somebody and love somebody, treat people like family when I got to fire them because they're not doing the job. <laughs> and so I'll give a practical yeah. way. Of, we walk that out is I believe in celebrating who they are. So, but there's also accountability and responsibility in the process. And so for me, if I had a guy, had a great story, one guy called me up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be uh, this guy. He keeps not showing up on time and not doing a crappy job on this, this job site. He goes, I'm, he does it again. He's fired. I said, okay, I can understand that. I said, so you want to create a culture of fear? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're, you're threatening him and it's fear-based. Like if you do this, then you're going to need this. Yeah. Now, is, is consequence of the kingdom? Absolutely. But I also believe there's a way to empower somebody versus require something of somebody. Hmm. It's like uh, uh, empowerment versus requiring. It's And wow. so I like to empower people into a position of making powerful choices versus I'm requiring that then I'm controlling you. And if you don't do it, then here's what's going to happen. It's like I have to be heavy handed on people if I have constantly requiring people to do things. But if I can get people to take ownership and uh, and then empower them to do it, game on, like creativity wow. flows, innovation flows. Uh, it just changes the game. Um, and so what we do in that situation, I said, what, what if you do this? Why did you hire the guy in the first place? He's like, well, because he, he had a great resume. I trusted him. He could do this. And I said, did you do that for the first number of six you know, months or whatever? He goes, yeah, he's phenomenal. I said, great. That's what you highlight. You go to him and say, hey, listen, Joe, listen, That's when good. I hired you, this is what I experienced from you. You are on time. You killed it. You did a phenomenal job on the job sites. It was awesome. What am I doing? I'm honoring him. I'm calling up to who he's called to be. Wow. I said, however, the last three a month, I've been experiencing you like this. And it's not who I know you to be. What We have a problem. What's going on? So I'm going to ask what our understanding. First is, hey, Joe, you have not been showing up on time. We can't have this in our company. This is our policy. If you do this two more times, you're out the door. Oh, okay. Yeah, I what we just initiated, fear and performance. Yeah. And so well, then we're we're manipulating people to do things we want them to do instead of loving them into a place of, of a position of empowerment and, and, and ownership. And um, wow. so what I do in that place is then I say, um, so this is what I'm experiencing you. This is what I know you could do, but this is what I'm experiencing you. And then uh, I said, what's going on? So I'm really asking, why are you not doing this? What does that person feel? He feels validated, understood, encouraged. Like, oh, you actually believe in me. Oh, but yep, this is what I've been doing. And he goes, well, it's this and this and this and this. And sometimes they have excuses. Sometimes they recognize, actually, I've been really, I haven't been enjoying my job. Oh, really? Why not? 
mm-hmm. uh, or I've been yeah, having man. problems at home, or I've been doing this. And this is the ministry, quote unquote. But the reality, everything I do is ministry. It's it's serving sure. the Lord. So I'm sure. looking at what's going on in their life because my job as a business owner is to be a father and mother to that company and organization. How do I love them, empower them to be successful versus building my empire? That's a whole nother conversation. But that mentality shift of like, oh, God, you give them the, these people for me to be like my kids where I don't want to hold my kids to do what I want them to do. I want to empower them to be to go after who they're called to be. But we also have responsibilities in the company that need to get done. So it's the blending of the both um, in that process. But for this situation I, with Joe, I'm like, so we have a problem. How are we going to fix it? What I do? I didn't tell them the, how we're going to fix it. I'm empowering them to come up with a solution. Great. Because then they take ownership. What are you going to do about it? Um, what are we going to do about it? Well, I, I don't know. I, you know, I could do this and I could do this. Yeah, that's pretty good. But let me give you a suggestion. How about if, how about for the next three days or you know week, you're here 30 minutes early? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll do that. What else can we do? And you just try to walk them. So they're taking ownership of the solution. Great. That sounds great. We're going to do that awesome. for the next two weeks. And I'm going to check up with you in a couple of weeks to see how we're doing. Oh, okay. What am I doing? Ownership. I'm taking accountability, responsibility in that process. And I'm still calling him up to who he's called to be. Yeah. Joe, I know you can do this because I've seen you do it. Yeah. Okay. Now, Joe, let me just say this. If you don't show up on time, you're basically communicating to me that you don't want to be here. What do you mean? Well, if you're passionate about this job and you loved it like you did before, you would be on time. You would, you would consistently show up and you'd do this. But if you're not showing up, you're basically telling me you don't want to work here anymore. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that meeting in two weeks. Let's uh, let's connect there. And I'm looking forward because I know you can do it. What I do, I just put it into his hand. He's now yeah. he's responsible for his decision. If he chooses not to keep showing up, he's making the choice. I don't want to be here anymore. Wow. So that's a practical application of culture yeah. of honor. And instead of like, creating a fear-based manipulation or a control environment. Yeah. That's so cool, man. There's so much kingdom in that too. Like as you were talking, I just kept thinking about the way that Jesus interacted with people, you know, Absolutely. and, and so asking people questions, first of all, is something that, that he did regularly talking to people and validating like, like something else that you did there was, you know, in that example was validate the person for, how where they are and how they feel because i think so often i think that within organizations yeah, exactly. yeah. people don't perform to their highest potential like because so often i i think um there's a there's a really there can be really bad morale there can just be you know really bad behaviors developed within an organization on a, on a cultural level because i don't know like a lot of people have this this uh this thing it's like well they 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 pay me just enough to keep me here and i do just enough work not to get fired and it's like that exactly. kind of relationship that's really bad um, but yeah, when you can empower somebody to take ownership of like what they're doing and you can like highlight something that would help the person to maybe exactly. get back to that place of passion where they actually enjoy it and they're actually exactly. they're there and and they kind of take on a mentality of serving. And that definitely starts from the top and works its way down. And I just really want to highlight something that you said, because I think it was so powerful. They said, like, as a, as a CEO or as the leader of, of an organization, that I'm actually supposed to be a mother or a father to that organization. Right. And so uh, something that that Bill, uh, a Bill Johnson ism that, I, that I've just always loved is when he says um, you lead with the heart of a servant, but you serve with the heart of a king. Yep. And so you're you're in that place and you're recognizing you're you're there, you have the authority, and, and so you carry that authority, 
but you're not there to be a dictator and to inspire fear in people. You're there to actually serve. And so there's yeah. things that that maybe, you know, you can do as a leader in that organization that would actually help your people to want to to, to want to serve because you're modeling that, you know, and you're Absolutely. demonstrating that. And so, um, yeah, the the culture thing, I think, definitely flows from the top down. And of course, you you know, you have to deal with those individual things and help people adjust their thinking and to see things from a different perspective. And yeah, of course, sometimes you're going to come across people that are just like not willing to change, not willing to shift, not willing to adjust. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, you're going to have to find another job. You know, you have to do this somewhere else because that's not what we're doing here. Because we are trying to, you know, develop a different kind of a culture in this place. And if you're not willing to be on board with that, then, you know, ultimately the culture of the place is more important than, um, you know, not not that person in terms of their worth or value as a person, but in terms of like, you know, that person may not be a good fit for, you know, what we're doing right now. But I just love the kingdom um, in everything that you were just talking about and how I think, you know, I even see that reflected and demonstrated in the way that Jesus interacted with people on those one-on-one -on -one levels of, of hearing them out, um, validating them where they are, not like condoning their sin and stuff yeah. like that, but at the same time, honoring and valuing them as a person, but then always yeah. calling them higher, always yep. empowering them and calling them to that next level, recognizing that there's things that I see in you that you don't see in yourself, but this is what you were made for and you do have it within you. And so let's come up to that next level, you know, because it's going to yep. be ultimately for your good. Yeah, it's really good. I think, you know, one of the things I think is core in, 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 in whether it's culture or decisions you're making as a business leader or individual and even a company, because, you know, even if you're listening to this, this, this podcast and, you know, you work for somebody, you know, it does start to top down. However, I, I am who I am no matter where I go. And I get to bring the kingdom reality. I get to give the presence of God. I get to give life, creativity, and serve really well. You know, Joseph, we have the model of Joseph, obviously, Daniel, uh, serving underneath leaders that were very wicked and evil right. in that process. But yet they brought transformation into those environments based upon who they were and the relationship with God. And so there's no limitation in there, if you're doing what you're wow. called to do, if you're if you're in a place that you know you're called to be, like um, you might be young, you might be old, and you're serving like a, a, a Ford dealership or selling cars or doing this, this, whatever it is, you don't have to. I love Romans 12 where it says, "Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed into uh, in the renewing of your mind, so you may prove and know the perfect will of God." Don't get conformed to well, this is the system of the business. I need to know, God, how do I live in this situation? How do I honor yeah, people? Man. How do I walk based upon what you're leading me to do? And I, I'll tell you, one of the biggest components, we didn't get into it today, but the distinguishing factor for me, because I could go on practical tools like you just said, and I, I, a lot of stuff has to work. And I will get, I can give you those. But the distinguishing factor for us is incorporating the presence of God in everything we do. Yes. And so learning how to hear the voice of God in the day-to-day -day decisions and the way I just a real practical thing is just learning how to stay in tune and aware of how he speaks to us, what it feels like when the Holy Spirit comes on us. So, and then learning how to set up times throughout the day that we pull out and reconnect. And I talk about this in my book, but I, I stole from Bill Johnson, which is like five minute vacations. It's like these these times where throughout the day you set up four or five times, you put reminders on your phone and you stop everything you do and close down the computer just put your attention and affection on the Lord. Oh, Lord, I just invite you. Oh, you're good. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? I'm training myself to stay connected in between the meetings. Uh, I'm training myself before I step into a meeting. I'll stop and just become aware of the presence of God. Because right. without his leading, I'm just 
I, I have nothing. I, I, I need, I love and long for just the presence and I love and long for his voice and what I'm doing. And there's an invitation for all of us. And sometimes as business leaders, like, well, that's my wife. They're, they're the more sensitive spiritual person. And yeah, God's with me when I work. Yep, that's true. However, there's an invitation for more of Come learning up. how to hear him on a regular basis. And there's a lot of ways to do that. We can't unpack that right now. But going back to the culture thing, as well as leadership, I think one of the biggest changes that helps people begin to make these changes as a culture, as decisions they're making, how to walk with God is recognizing mm -hmm. the agenda that's behind those decisions and the motivation of the heart. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, a lot of times um, the, we make decisions based upon the motivation of our hearts, um, uh, of what, what, where, what is our agenda? What do we need? What do we want? What are we fearful of? You know, what are we trying to get out of the situation? And what are we trying to prove? What are we holding yeah. on to? And so it's really important before I make decisions to pull back and say, Lord, is this right? Okay, is there anything off on this situation? Now, mm -hmm. you're making 100 decisions a day. It's hard to do that. But when you're staying connected throughout the day, you're being aware of the sensitivity of that peace that leaves you. You know, we've most of us as believers, where when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, you can tell when you start to do something that you feel on ah, something's off. Like you can feel the conviction of the yes. Holy Spirit. You can feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, I shouldn't do that. It's really important in this process to, to, to pay attention to that and stop, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's logical. And this is the biggest game changer for me is learning how to be aware of the presence of God and hear his voice. Some people are knowers. Some people hear the audible. Some people just hear through the Holy Spirit. Some people, you know, I'm sure you've talked about all those things here on your podcast. Um, I encourage you guys to go back if I do can refer you to those things. But learning yeah. how you hear the Lord and yes. navigating that practice into those decisions. Just the checkpoint. Holy Spirit, is that right? I feel peace. Or, nope, I, I just know it. I know that's what it is. This is what we're supposed to do. Okay, then move forward with it. And I love this guy named Dan O'McCullen and Prophet. Uh, yeah. He says, you know, we got to change the way we 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 talk and believe because if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we have the mind of Christ, we need to shift it to uh, when we hear something, we think maybe it's probably me, it might be God. And he says, we got to change it to it was probably God, it might be me. Because a lot of times <laughs> we limit what we do because we're like justifying or rationalizing, well, it's probably me. But if we're yes. praying and asking God to lead us and we're being led by the peace, we're being led by his voice. It, it, we might not hear something, but we feel peace. Like I, it's probably God. I'm going to move forward as though it was God. And, he, and you know, it's green until it's red. And so mm -hmm. functioning in those things and the decisions, yeah. just learning how to, to practice that intimate connection on ongoing basis is so critical. So, yeah, brother, uh, I love the simplicity of that and uh, that expectation, right? That expectation of God's voice is so key. And when you are living in that way where you're inviting his presence, you're you're inviting, you know, his voice and you're walking with him in daily life. It's just like have that expectation, you know, have that expectation that he's going to lead you. He's going to speak to you, that he is speaking to you um, and also that he's equipped you to be able to hear from him as well. Um, anyway, brother, I know I know uh, I know we've got to wrap this up. I really appreciate you going there where you went at the end because I actually did. I was going to ask you one more question and it was going to be about that, like something practical for uh, how we can become more just aware of God's presence in daily life and, and learning to be led by the spirit. So really appreciate you going there where you did. And I uh, really appreciate just your generosity with your time today, man, everything that you shared. Sure. I, I just, you added a ton of value. Um, and uh, to, to me personally, um, I'm telling you, and I, I just, uh, I got a lot out of this conversation, really enjoyed it. I would definitely love to have you back on and, and we could maybe 
uh, maybe more from the beginning or a little bit quicker, start jumping into some of this stuff, maybe on more practical stuff about uh, just going a little bit deeper on learning to hear God's voice and being led by the spirit. Uh, I know you've got so much that you could just um, just share with us on that and really, uh, you know, benefit those the, the listeners. So. Um, yeah. But anyway, brother, thank can, you can so I share much. One, yeah, one yeah, last please. thing. I please. felt like something from the Lord too, and I'll just share this prophetic word for you guys that are listening. But I also, I just want to say, like, there's many that are listening, and we didn't get into it, but I could tell you stories as stories is of, of people just learning how in the day to day decisions, the process, the systems they're using, just saying, Lord, am I supposed to be doing that? Do we are we even supposed to let that person go because they did all right. these things, Lord? Do we not do it? Just, I mean, so practical. And the the reason why I'm saying this is because as you're listening to me, there are there's an invitation to so much more in God that we we'll never experience if we don't learn how to say yes. Mm-hmm. If we don't know how to be led by Him, we're actually we're, there's more, there's the limitation aspect of of things that He wants to release and open up to us. And I I, I shared this story last time. I think I'll share it real quick. A man who got um, just saved by God, loved God, um, just just started listening to the voice of God. God, do I do this? He had a forty million dollar company. God, do I say? Do I answer this phone? He wasn't getting super weird spiritual, like do I wear the shirt right. or not? He was just learning. God, do I make this business decision? Do I do? Do I go after this business project? Um, just trying to hear the Lord in the process because he chose to say yes. In this process, it, there's a verse that says, "All earth is groaning for true sons of God to be revealed," and in that process. Uh, the one day there's a, the, he does um, stuff with sand pits and in this state of Wyoming, geologists have proven there's no frac sand, which is what you use for oil drilling. Right. And this, I can, I can give you hundreds of testimonies like this, but this is one that's really relevant to business individuals. And because he just chose to say, I've got to be following the Lord. God says, let me open up to something that's been hidden and locked up. Isaiah 45 talks about that. Um, read the verse three. It's just a beautiful depiction of that. But he goes, the Lord says, Hey, his name's John. John, do you want to know where Fraxan is? He's like, uh, yeah, because they have to import it from other states. And the Lord takes him on this vision and shows him where this Fraxan is. And so he's trying to figure it out. can't find it. And then about a month and a half, two, late, month, two months later, he's driving down the road to another city about an hour and a half away from his house. Uh-huh. And he looks over and he sees this big plot of, land, plot of land. And he goes, oh, that was a property. And he recognized it from his vision. And so he wow. sends his guys down to go test the property. Again, geologists have proven there's no frac sand. This piece of property, there have been oil companies on there for generations drilling wow. on there, trying to find stuff, never could find it, and trying to uh, uh, develop uh, or, or find oil as well. He goes, gets tested, comes back positive for frac sand. This has wow. been hidden. The Lord hid it for those that say yes. Wow. And so I just want to invite you guys, there's an invitation to so much more in God, not just let me, yes, the presence of God, yes, the miracles, but we're called to release the kingdom, to experience things that have been hidden and locked up for us, for as believers, to bring solutions, to bring innovations, inventions, inventions, and things like Come that. On. But I just want to say this, there is, here's a prophetic word I felt like, the, there are people that are listening right now that have been under this restriction. You feel like you've missed out. You fear of, you missed the call of God. You feel like mm. you've been doing things that you just uh, have lost, like you're not actually walking in what God's called you to do. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm breaking off mindsets of lies, metal, like these, these, this discouragement. And I see people with depression on them, just feeling like I'm just stuck in life and that I've missed the call of God in my life. And I hear the Lord say, I'm breaking that off of you. I'm just releasing that over you right now because uh, you haven't missed it. God's 
purpose. He says that he fulfills his word. He watches over his word to perform it. Yes, we have a choice, but I felt like the Lord said, get ready. I'm about to redeem and restore things better than they were before. There are people that have been, um, uh, they have missed it. They have made decisions, but the Lord said, I'm going to redeem it better than it was before. It's like, you're, you're not going to just um, get too caught up to where you were. You're going to go further than you were if you when you thought you missed it. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm just, uh, I'm rewiring minds right now to have permission to dream and to believe that God can use them where they're at, that they don't have, they're not missing it because they didn't step into a church ministry. They didn't step into uh, the context of a mission field, but God actually is using them where they're at. And I just release a fresh outpouring of the presence of God over you to experience the nearness of God, the, the nearness of his voice, the nearness of his leading so that you can walk in all that he's calling you to do to experience the full, unique, creative expression he's given to you. So I just bless you with that today, that there is a limited factor. There's a limited mentality, a limitation over your minds, over your circumstances. I'm breaking it off in Jesus name, that there is nothing more that's going to hold you back, but there's an anointing of breakthrough. There, I carry. I know there's an anointing, a breakthrough that I carry. So I just release the breakthrough anointing over your lives in Jesus' name. Wow. Thanks for letting me add on there for a second. So good. Oh, so good. No, man. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient and uh, and sharing that. And um, man, I'm so excited, man. I'm so pumped for anybody listening to this, watching this, watching it later, listening later. Uh, I'm I'm so pumped for for what they're going to get out of this. They don't even know. <laughs> what they're in for so no it's so Thanks, good dude. i That's, appreciate it, you man. it's an honor man it really is an honor um that's so good yeah and and just just to one final thing for me um just something that you've just in your conversation you didn't really talk about this but something that i was so aware of as you were talking was just the importance of of being aware of what you carry um you know not 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 you and all the great stuff that you have but the one who lives inside of you and his presence that you carry. So again, whether you work in a traditional ministry context or you run a company or you have a position on the ground floor of a wherever you work or your stay at home mom or dad or you're unemployed, right? Like whatever, wherever you are, whatever your vocation or situation is in life, be aware of what you carry and the authority that you walk into each and every situation with every conflict that you walk into. Just just learning to be aware of who you carry and the fact that his presence is a constant, just open door invitation to you in every single moment. And uh, so just yeah. to come back to what you were saying, Tim, like like in those moments where maybe you're feeling like you're inadequate or you don't have all the answers and just pausing for a second. You know, I think we get so addicted to the distractions. Like I know yeah. for me, like I can be so quick to like I have a lull in my day and just so quick to grab my phone and just. Yeah, it's just like a reflex. You know what I mean? And uh, so much of my work and stuff that I do is on, is related to my phone. So it's just like a reflex of of that. But, you know, throughout the Psalms, it was normal, like even in their conversations, even in their songs of adoration, there were these Selah moments yeah. to just pause and think and reflect. And even in worship, where it's not just us all the time, like telling God what we want and how much we love him, which is great. But then like having those moments where it's just like a pause and reflect and let him speak. Yeah. Beautiful. Let him just become aware of him, become aware of his presence in daily life. And uh, yeah, man, I, I would love to get you back on here at some point Let's and go it. a little bit further on that. So but thank you, man. Just before you go, is there anywhere that uh, where would you point somebody? I know um, 
you you mentioned uh, your book and some resources that you have available. Where where would you point somebody uh, just real quick that wants to just find out more, maybe more about what you do, who you are, or tap into some of those resources that you've made available? Yeah, I normally I say my website, which is timwallsconsulting.com, and we also have one that's called kingdombusiness.com, but we're revamping both of them and hopefully awesome. relaunching them here in the next uh, 30 days. So um, you'll go on there, you'll see a landing page. Uh, there is a book we do. I did do. It's really what I do with clients. Uh, it's not written in a number of years. A lot of growth has happened since then, but um, it's out there. It's called Bridging the Gap Between the Practical cool. and the Spiritual. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, but if you're really looking for more information, you're welcome to email info at timwallsconsulting.com. Uh, Walls is W-A-L-L-S, so two L's. Um, but uh, we're, uh, that, that's probably the best way. I got, I'm on social media, Instagram, and um, but you're welcome to do that. I don't post a whole lot in that regards. I really, uh, my, our heart is we, we, we go after the hungry. Uh, we're feeding the hunger, uh, the hungry. And so we're not trying to build an audience. Uh, mm. so we really work with those people that, um, we did, we launched a school last year over in Eastern Europe, uh, for business owners and leaders. So and it was cool. phenomenal just watching these guys, uh, just shift the way they do things, live coaching sessions, interviews with clients that I have and really growth process. So we're, we're working on building some things here locally for that too. Well, locally meaning in the U.S. space um, as well. And uh, so we're doing uh, uh, group coaching, executive group coaching. So we have a lot of different things. If you're interested, if you're a business owner, that's really the people that we work with right now uh, as, as CEOs of business owners that we really are able to help in that process. So good. Love it. Well, thank you again, man. Really appreciate you. Um, so just blessed by uh, by who you are and by just what you carry in the simplicity and practicality that you bring to the supernatural. Thanks, and uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to check out this episode. Really appreciate you guys for being here. If this episode blessed you or added any value to your life, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but if you haven't subscribed already, you can uh, feel free to subscribe. That would really help me out a lot. And also, uh, leave a review and maybe even share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from hearing or watching it as well. So thank you guys so much and I'll see you next time.